time is upon us when all must choose which side we are on. We cannot win this fight. I will not hide. When others fight our battles for us! They are my friends. Will you follow me one last time? The Battle of the Five Armies, December 17th. Experience it in IMAX 3D PG-13. Hello and greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness, yes. It is December, what, 7th? I've completely lost track of time. It's been a busy week, uh, and today is podcast 516 for the show. Welcome to the show, everyone, again. Uh, this week, uh, we are going to be looking at an Enterprise episode from Season 4 called Demons, one of the last of the Enterprise run, and I think it's got some good uh, qualities to it, some interesting things, so I'm going to cover that one with some uh, commentary while I play the episode for you. I'm going to talk a little bit about my recent fun trip to California, and got to meet Kenny from California. Oh my gosh. So cool, and we did a lot of fun things, so I'll tell you about that here shortly. Uh, I think uh, that's about it. Uh, played a little bit of a Lord of the Rings TV spot there. So Lord of the Rings, oh my gosh, I can't believe. The Hobbit, I'm sorry. It's all sort of blended together. Peter Jackson's, I should, I should call it Peter Jackson's Tolkien Saga is really what you should call it. But yeah, that is The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, a TV spot, which is opening in another about... Eh, a week and a half. Actually, Kenny has seen it twice. Uh, but uh, and, uh, anyway, uh, so that's a TV spot. Looking forward to seeing that last uh, last episode of this uh, saga of The Hobbit. So uh, sit back, relax. Let's do this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futurist of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's drink flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. All right, folks, I'm back. Uh, this uh, show will start off with the usual weather reports and what I've been up to lately, last couple of weeks. Oh, thanks uh, to Mark for sitting in last week, especially the weekend right there after Thanksgiving in the U.S., and doing a cool classic a movie, really a, just a true gem 
that everyone should see from uh, 1953, The War of the Worlds. So thanks so much, Mark, for covering that last week on Treks and Sci-Fi. The, uh, yeah, the last week, well, the weather here is, is cold, but uh, the last week or so for me uh, has been pretty nice because I was out on the West Coast for work. Had to go to California, actually, with a quick trip to uh, uh, Tijuana, Mexico, via San Diego for um, some business. I was out there um, most of the week. And then we got to the, uh, towards the end of the week, uh, on Thursday of this past week, I got to visit some places, uh, the beach around Santa Monica Pier out there and stick my feet back in the Pacific Ocean. You know, years ago, I... I grew up in California for a couple of years, so it's uh, and I've been back there since a couple of times. So I do enjoy it. I, I don't enjoy the crazy traffic that they have. It's insane. I don't know how the people deal with it and not go crazy uh, on a day-to-day basis. It's just, oh my gosh. And uh, probably did a little bit more driving around this time. Actually, I wasn't doing the driving, but I was in the car. And out there, for those not familiar with it, since there's so much traffic, they... Uh, on some of the freeways, there is a carpool lane that if you have more than one person in the car, you can drive in the left lane, uh, far left lane, which is a, a, a carpool lane, which gives you, uh, a, it definitely makes you move along faster than the massive traffic in the rest. So, uh, but even a passenger and even in the carpool lane, you know, I could see the tons of traffic uh, that they deal with all the time. <laughs> And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the same thing in a lot of places, although it's, I think, worse out there. But, they're, you know, the cost of housing is so much that people tend to live further away from where they work to try to get a better place for better money, you know, less less expensive for them. But, of course, that Im- involves, you know, hours of daily commuting. It's just uh, nuts. So Thursday, we, I went around with some work friends in the afternoon, saw some neat things. It was raining in the early part of the week. Later in the week, it got better. And on Friday, I, I woke up. I was going to be able to spend the morning with Kenny uh, from California. Everyone knows Kenny, who's listened to this podcast for a long time. He's been a long-time listener, contributor. He does a lot of podcasts of his own, and we, we've known each other for many years, You know, pretty much almost since the beginning of... Uh, starting this show, you know, I, I, Kenny, I know is on the, one of the first ones that I ever got email from, and you know, he listened to the uh, my my very rough beta cast of this show, and and just I've known him a long, long time. He works in the industry out there. He worked on the Guild, and you know, he's just just great, good friend, and it was fantastic. We were going to meet up on Friday before I, I left town uh, for kind of a breakfast lunch thing. Well, I woke up on Friday, and it turns out my flight got canceled uh, just out of the blue, no particular reason ever given. You know, this is what happened. It's happened to me three times in recent years, and all this is really geeky talk, although we're getting to geeky talk here in a second. Uh, so I, I, I try to get, you know, on a different flight, you know, I try to make the effort a little bit, you know, because it's kind of work-related, uh, you know, I don't want to just try to, you know, take advantage of it. But there really weren't any other good flights. I mean, there was one that was going to leave in like an hour, which was too fast for me to really get ready and get to the airport. So uh, basically, they had already rebooked me for a flight on Saturday morning. And so I just uh, talked to Kenny. He was heading over to the hotel that I was staying at. And I said, hey, Kenny, we got all day. Are you free? And he was free. So we just made a, a, a big adventure and had a, had a great time on Friday in, in the L.A. and California area. 
uh, or, you know, outside of L.A. So what uh, I kind of go through what we did a little bit here quickly, but um, we started off, uh, had some breakfast and met up, which was which was great. Uh, everybody always, when they meet me, even though they've seen pictures of me, it's, you know, like, you're so tall, Rico. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so uh, so after breakfast, we went out and, uh, you know, Kenny's listing off, okay, could we could do this and this and this. And of course, you know, me being a big TOS Star Trek fan, you know, and Kenny, uh, I, I joked with him several times during the day. I said, you know, Kenny, you need to start your own tour program because he had it all down to, okay, we could do this. Then we go here and do this. And then we go here and do this. And it was all sort of in a nice kind of a path, uh, you know, an efficient uh, circuit of the, of the city. So we started off, I, I, I said, of course, you know, one of the first things he mentioned, I think, was going out to Vasquez Rocks, where the classic, you know, original series episode, Arena, was filmed. You know, that's the one where Kirk fights the lizard-like Gorn, and lots of movies and TV shows have, have done filming out there. I remember, I think the show Roswell did some stuff out there, and, and it's it's just a very alien landscape. It's got a very unusual kind of rock formation, and uh, so we went out there, drove out there, which is actually, it's pretty close to where Kenny used to live in, uh, what, what's it called? I think it's called Aqua Dulce, which is um, sweet water in, in, in Spanish, so... Uh, so anyway, uh, so we go out there, and Vasquez Rocks is, is very cool. I kind of climb up a bit. We take a bunch of pictures, a little video, and it, it was great. I mean, it looks so much, you know, just the minute you see it, for, for somebody like me, it just looks, oh, my gosh, this is just, I'm on, like, an alien planet, and this is where Kirk fought the Gorn, you know? He's like, uh, where's Kirk? Where's the Gorn? And Kenny, I know, has taken some pictures. That he went out with a group, uh, and they and they did some pictures out there, and, in, in Star Trek uniforms, they, they were wearing, I think, the movie uniforms, the recent movie uniforms. And I, I, I told Kenny, I said, gosh, you know, there was about a half a second I joked, or not joked, but I, I toyed with uh, bringing along my uniform, uh, it, you know, putting it in my suitcase because I have a uniform, uh, a blue, you know, science uniform that I've worn to some conventions in Texas. And and I said, ah, but I didn't really expect to have as much time as we ended up having. Uh, so... But I, but you know, we, we, you know, next time, next time, definitely bring, uh, bring in the uniform. So, so we walked out around there, had some fun, and then we headed into back into the, more towards the city. Went to a museum area, which the highlight there, the big thing about this was uh, they have the uh, the actual space shuttle Endeavor, the one that uh, went into several missions in space. There was a video, well, video online you can see, but a couple of years ago it got moved. It got flown out to uh, to L.A., and it was moved along the streets of L.A., which took almost three days of traveling to get it to this spot. And we got some pictures of it, and it, it's just an impressive machine. I mean, it's just, it, it, she's just beautiful. I mean, it's it's very cool. Uh, it's, it's in sort of... Uh, landing you know horizontal uh, mode right now but there are plans to redesign the place that it's in and it's going to be uh, put vertical like it was in takeoff mode with some booster rockets on it they're going to redo this the thing uh, where it's displayed at so I'm kind of glad it was kind of nice to see it the way it was right now but it, it's just amazing a very very cool uh, display a nice little museum there that they've got with uh, other things from you know, Gemini and Apollo and other spaceflight missions. And uh, 
They've got mock-ups of some things like the Hubble telescope and, and others. So very, very cool, very neat uh, neat thing to see. Got uh, During this time, I got the chance to ride the uh, the subway of, of L.A., which was an experience. So, uh, you know, Kenny said, yeah, there's some unusual people, let's just say, uh, that, that ride that sometimes. And so got a full full taste of, of that, and I'm trying to think, what do we what do we go do next? I guess we went over towards uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater. There's a area there, a uh, little shopping area there that you can see the Hollywood sign off in the distance, and that was cool. And I've been to that area before, Grauman's, and you know, uh, I don't know, maybe ten years ago or something like that now. Uh, so, you know, that's where they have all the uh, handprints and signatures of various celebrities right in front of it. And we walked around there for a bit and took some pictures. And that's in a cool little area. They actually have uh, people out in the street that are in costumes like Batman. And there was a Marilyn Monroe that I saw. And there was, let's see, a couple of Spider-Men, Spider-Men. One, one, one Spider-Man I noticed looked like he, he needed to go on a spider diet. <laughs> well, that sounded gross, didn't it? So the, uh, and, and then, uh, let's see. So after that, and they, I think after that, we headed out to the Universal Studios area where they've, um, they've got this thing called City Walk, which is a bunch of uh, shops and restaurants right outside Universal Studios, uh, the amusement park there. We didn't go into the park. But we went into the City Walk area, took some pictures, had a nice uh, dinner at Bubba Gump Shrimp, you know, from the Forrest Gump movie. They have these, uh, there was one on the Santa Monica Pier to a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company restaurant. Uh, really great food. And it was just, I mean, we, you know, now that I recount it and talk about it, it maybe it doesn't sound like that much. But I don't know. Keep in mind, we did all this and basically, you know, not even really a full, complete day, because by the time I think we had breakfast and met up, we headed out about 10, 30, 11, maybe around that time frame. So we we did a lot, and uh, it was, uh, you know, I can't thank Kenny enough. Uh, he's, he's a great friend, and I, I really appreciated him, you know, driving around, taking me to all these spots. And I know he's done this, you know, a fair amount recently for other people, and I I, uh, I think it's uh, it's great of him to be able to do that. And, uh, I, again, thanks, Kenny, so much. And uh, you're always, as I told him, you're always welcome to come visit Michigan. You might not want to come right now. It's about 20, let's see, I'm looking at my thermometer, 29 degrees today. It's actually pretty clear here, and we're getting some sun. Uh, it's not, of course, making it very warm, but, you know, on any winter day in Michigan that I see the sun is, is a bonus. I, I like that. So, uh so again, thanks, Kenny, so much. Uh, I hope you, you know, make it out here sometime. If you'd like, come out and during the summer. We may not have quite the uh, many, many cool places to visit as you guys, but we've got some fun things, I think. And we can go to uh, go downtown, go visit uh, and, and see the the bridge to Canada. Even hop over to Canada if you want. But uh, but I'm definitely going to come out again sometime, whether it's work or, or fun. I told Kenny, you know, I. I got a brief stay in San Diego, and it's it's encouraged me even more to go to Comic Con. Uh, I have semi I'm semi planning and thinking maybe the not this coming summer, but the following summer, like the summer of 2016, to go to San Diego Comic Con. Finally, just take the plunge, do it, uh, figure out a way, and make it happen. And I don't think uh, I want to wait too much longer before I, I experience that. And San Diego is really a beautiful town. It'll cost an arm and a leg, you know, because of the, it's just everything super expensive, especially during the Comic-Con time. But um, I'm prepared, so uh, 
Kenny. Uh, we will definitely be doing uh, that. And we also made some plans to do some upcoming group uh, or joint podcasts together. So expect uh, some Kenny and me talking on the show here in the near future. I'm going to take a short break, drink something. I feel like my voice is a little raggedy today. All, all that traveling and air travel and uh, it, it dries you out kind of. I've got my green tea here, so that's good. But uh, I'll take a short break, come back, talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on recently in the sci-fi and Trek news, and then we'll get right into the episode of Enterprise Demons. Hey, this is Jason Inman, co-creator of the Retro Diaries, which you can help fund season two on Indiegogo. You are listening to Rico on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Beam it up to your ear holes, y'all. All right, uh, I suppose the big news that I, I just realized I haven't had a chance to comment on officially on the podcast yet um, because it came out to, what, the day right after Thanksgiving and I didn't do a podcast last weekend. I've commented on the Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook page and the forum, but I haven't talked anything about the Star Wars teaser trailer, the 80, what, 88-second J.J. Abrams uh, well-directed uh, story by him and Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas and everyone, but, uh, well, everyone, not everyone. But, so, of course, this trailer, everyone by now has seen it, I'm sure, so I'm not going to spoil the, you know, anything in the trailer uh, by talking about it. I won't talk anything about the other little tidbits I've heard about the movie. I'm very, very anti-spoiler for this film I, you know, I think it's 30-plus years since we've seen this this group back in Star Wars, the original trilogy people. So, I, you know, I was telling, talking to Kenny about it a little bit and Chris and, and a few others, but uh, there's just not a lot of surprises in, in, in the world and life anymore. You know, I... Uh, you know, Lynn and I, when we had our, our two sons, we, we never even found out if they were, if we were having boys or girls before they were actually delivered, before sitting, you know, standing there. Uh, I was standing, uh, but, uh, you know, in the delivery room and, oh, it's a boy. Oh, and then the, with uh, with Stephen and then we, you know, a few years later, oh, it's another boy. You know, we, we didn't do the whole ultrasound, find out if it was a boy or a girl. I know some people will say, well, gosh, how'd you do that? You know, how would you decorate? And I'm like, well... I, I, I work in paint and color, and, and really, there are, there's a lot of ways to decorate without using pink and, and blue only. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter that much. So anyway, that we, we Lynn and I both completely agreed, you know, the, the tradition of just finding out that way. I mean, we always basically would just tell the doctor, and she had all the normal tests, but... But the, you know, as far as making sure that the, the kid, you know, the babies and everything is all, everything's healthy and on, on track. But whether they're boys or girls, you know, the usual thing of, well, as long as they're, they're fine and healthy, that's, that's fine with us. So, so the point being about that is, is I love surprises. I love to go into a movie not knowing very much. I'll watch trailers, uh, you know, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll look at the official release stuff, whatever the the marketing and director and whatever all the people involved in the production have decided to release, but not all this other stuff that people have dug out of, you know, in bars at night talking to assistant directors or editors or whatever people they can squeeze for information. So, and I know there's other stuff out about these movies, but I'm trying to avoid it. So I, I you know, I just want to talk about the teaser trailer. Of course, there, there are a few things in this teaser trailer. There's this little rolling droid and it starts out, with this voiceover which is very menacing sounding which is obviously probably the bad guy of the film talking 
and it looks like it's obviously Tantooine uh, with a, a deserty world. We, I think we've already everyone already kind of knew they were going back there for part of the movie at least. Uh, and uh, and then you see this uh, 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 you know uh, a black stormtrooper, black as in you know African American looking stormtrooper. Which, you know, he's one of the actors, one of the young actors they've cast in the movie, so that's not too much of a surprise. And he's he looks pretty panicked and, and, and scared. And I don't even really necessarily probably have to go through this trailer bit by bit like this. Uh, but then you see someone else on a speeder, uh, which is the actress uh, Daisy Riddle? Riddle? Riddler? Riddle? Riddle. I think it's just Riddle. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway... Uh, who who looks very much like a young Carrie Fisher, so it's pretty obvious it's probably her daughter and Han's daughter uh, is is the very likely guess of this. So anyway, she's riding the speeder, and then the you know there's some other little bits, and then of course you get this uh, guy in black through this sort of darkened, foresty, very cold looking area. Uh, with some snow, I think, on the ground. And, oh, there's some stormtroopers you see, too, in X-Wings. Uh, but no, nothing, you know, those things we've seen before. They're slightly different versions of them. They're, they're a little different look of the stormtrooper helmets. The X-Wings are a little different looking, racing out over this water. Uh, but, uh, you know, we know what those things are. And then you you see this guy in black, and he and he whips out this, what looks like a lightsaber. And, they, you know, this this kind of red blade comes out, although it's more flame looking than a, a true lightsaber you know typical lightsaber uh, blade and then it also splits off into making like a t where he has this cross guard uh of two uh red areas that that shoot out like flame from the side which of course has caused all kinds of internet uh oh my gosh you know that's stupid that doesn't make any sense how you know he'd be cutting his hand off blah 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 but you know for me and, and jen and angela on anomaly did a little video commentary uh cast that they put up about talking about the you know the reaction to this and i i I fully believe that jj abrams does some of this stuff to just poke with people you know like what there's no way in the world he didn't know that people would be like picking apart and there'd be this sort of love hate thing with with everything he puts in this trailer he could have shown the picture of a rock and people would have had a problem with it you know so uh but I'm just excited. I mean, when I saw it, my jaw kind of dropped. I mean, it wasn't even like there was anything in there that was really that spectacular. And, of course, at the end, the big thing is you see the Millennium Falcon uh, flying and looks like trying to evade some some TIE fighters. So uh, this, you know, it just gets me excited. I'm very excited to see the movie. I, I, I've always enjoyed just about everything J.J. Abrams has, has worked on. So I have a lot of confidence there. Uh, I, I enjoyed, you know, even the one of his earlier TV series, Alias and Fringe, and Cloverfield. I even liked, and I, you know, I'm a fan of what he did with Star Trek. I mean, it's not the original series, but it's a, you know, a different version that I found very enjoyable. Can you always pick these things apart? Sure. I can pick anything apart. Give me anything. Give me the, the your most favorite movie or TV show, and I you know you can pick it apart. But is it entertaining? Is it enjoyable? Oh my gosh! I I just you know Lynn, my wife, who isn't a huge fan of this kind of stuff, you know she saw the last two Star Trek movies and enjoyed them a lot. Which uh, you know there'll be people that say, well, you know they should be made for the fans more, or that 
but I, but this is what you got to do. You got to get the, you know, the general public involved. You know, I think that's why Guardians of the Galaxy was so successful. I think uh, an obscure comic book that was a fun movie with a lot of heart and flavor and, and cool characters uh, that was something that, you know, just an average moviegoer found entertaining. And it's why I think some of these comic book movies like The Avengers and Captain America and Iron Man have done well is that they they know what elements to pull out of the comics and use, and then they know how to make them entertaining too. Uh, are they exactly like the comics? Of course not. Is the Are the last two Star Trek movies, you know, just like the original series? Of course not. But they are fun and entertaining, at least to me and I think to many other people, because they've been successful. Uh, can people not like them? Sure, if they don't want to like them, that's fine too. But, uh, however, if you don't like them, <laughs> I don't really haunt like you know forums or places of things that I don't like and just put posts up about. Oh gosh, this is stupid. You know the, this. Uh, the, the like um, I'll give you an example. Like the I'm not a big horror movie fan. Like the Saw films or something like that. I don't go on forums or if somebody posts something about them and say, well, that stupid movie it doesn't make any sense and that would never happen. I don't have the time or the energy. I try to support and talk about things that I enjoy and like. Uh, you know, I, I just, um, and sometimes people will say, and Kenny and I talked about this over the last, uh, you know, when we were out, when we were out there hanging out, you know, people will also say sometimes, oh, Rico, you just like everything. And I said, nope, nope. There's actually a lot that I don't like. You guys just don't hear about it. I don't talk about it. Uh, I talk about things that I'm trying to get people interested in, in checking out and seeing. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's quite a bit of stuff that I don't care for. Or like I, I'll watch a movie on Netflix and go, oh, that was not very good. And I just won't talk about it. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's a, you know, again, I, I completely respect and understand everybody's viewpoints and opinions. That's all that for them to share. But I, it gets a little too sometimes intense, in my opinion. Some people get a little overboard, and you know, the, it it's just you just gotta like um, you know say your piece and move on. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I enjoyed the trailer for or the teaser for the next Star Wars film. It'll be out in about a year, and I, I think also we've got a lot that we're we still don't know about unless you're somebody that's really digging for this info. Uh, I uh, as a, as a little uh, warning here. Please keep the Facebook group and the Treks and Sci-Fi forums spoiler free. Uh, I I really think it's important, and I, I I frankly wouldn't even post a lot of links to things because sometimes the links can contain information, and it also is a temptation. I mean, if people want to find stuff out about these movies, all you got to do is go to Google, and and you know type in like you know the you know episode seven spoilers you know plot details or whatever google search however you do it and you're going to find stuff so you you know but um, so i'm excited i'm very happy to see this i think it's going to be fantastic i think we're going to be kind of blown away i think it's going to really start a new whole new star wars saga for all of us uh, a couple other tidbits of news and then i really got to get into the uh, enterprise episode because we're already a half hour into the show gosh uh, Robert, Roberto Orsi has, uh, is not going to be directing the next Star Trek movie, uh, tentatively, you know, Star Trek three, they kind of call the, the, you know, whatever it is going to be and who knows what's going on there. Uh, are they going to keep the script that they've got? Uh, you know, whatever there's talk, you know, maybe Jonathan Frakes could step in and direct. I don't know. You know, I think Jonathan Frakes is a good director. I think he'd do a good job. I, I like what he did with the Star Trek movies that he did direct. Uh, so, uh, 
Uh, and another piece of news, Star Trek-wise, uh, go check out uh, Star Trek New, New Voyages Phase 2. They just put out a new episode. I actually watched it while I was out of town called Mind St- Sifter. Mind Sifter. This, of course, is a production company that does uh, classic, you know, TOS-style episodes, just like um, a couple others, like Continuing Mission. Or uh, did I say that right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm too tired this morning. Um, but... Um, the uh, Star Trek continues. That's what I said. Continuing missions is is uh, uh, Sebastian Pruth audio stuff. So gosh, too many too many fans things, but I love them all. Anyway, the Phase Two guys uh, did this new thing called Mind Sifter, and it's based on an old short story that was in a book called Star Trek New Voyages way back in the day. They put out several volumes of it. It's a great story. I don't want to say too much. You can find it on on YouTube. Just search search for Star Trek New Voyages Phase Two. Or go to their Facebook group or their webpage, Star Trek New Voyages, and you'll see it. It's about an hour and five or ten minutes long, something like that. I think it's one of their longer episodes, actually. Uh, but it's really well done. Uh, they got a new guy playing Kirk, uh, James Colley, who played Kirk and is the kind of executive producer of the whole show. He has stepped aside now. To, he's not playing Kirk anymore. Uh, although he has a fun little cameo in this in this. Uh, in this episode, so that's pretty cool. It um, it's good. Check it out. And uh, with that, I am gonna segue over into this Enterprise episode, Demons. Again, this is an episode towards the end of the fourth season of Enterprise, near the end of the run. I think it's the third to the last episode, and it's a good one. And it's mostly, I think, if I remember right, uh, there may be some other little bits that aren't, but I think it's all basically set on, um, you know, not in space and. Uh, uh, but uh, we'll get right into it here in a minute on Trex and Sci-Fi. How serious? If the swelling gets worse, it could inhibit her breathing. I told you to notify me if there was any trouble. Now, you say this has been going on for days? Well, the monitoring equipment didn't detect the symptoms until this morning. It isn't calibrated for this type of patient. All right, so uh, we're here with uh, the episode uh, Demons. Well, Peter Weller's uh, character is who we're fighting it off. here That's talking. That's good news for both of you. Intravascular pressure stabilized, blood oxygenation is good. She looks so innocent. It's almost possible to forget what she represents. We don't want to disturb her. No. So they're looking in on a on a baby here. And a baby with uh, obviously pointed ears. And this is obviously also um, tripping to Paul's uh, little girl here in this episode that uh, you're about to listen to. So we dialed down the music. So Demons, this episode was the third to the last episode of Enterprise. It first aired back on May 6th, 2005. It's directed by LeVar Burton and written by Manny Cotto, who came in on uh, Enterprise's last season. Manny Cotto is a big uh, TOS fan. So he brought a lot of uh, TOS influences into Enterprise, especially in the last season. You had episodes like In a Mirror Darkly. You had a lot of things with the Andorians and him trying to steer the show in the course of it towards uh, the, you know, the, the founding of the Federation and everything. So there was really a lot of good things happening in this last season of Enterprise, and 
Of course, it's unfortunate that it uh, was canceled after this, but uh, but Manny Cotto, yeah, definitely uh, knows his Star Trek. I would love to see him involved in a in a future, you know, Star Trek TV series or movie or something. So, Captain Starlog, January nineteenth, twenty one fifty five. Enterprise has been called home for what could prove to be a pivotal moment in human history, having endured a catastrophic world war. Earth's governments came to this city for the purpose of creating a just and lasting peace among nations. Today, we have assembled here again representatives of numerous worlds to forge an unprecedented alliance. With this coalition of planets, we seek to strengthen it's our... It's funny, there are devices in here that look like Apple, uh, uh, or sorry, Google's... Uh, ongoing exploration of our galaxy. Google Glass's little eye product, you know, that you walk around and you can film things. So the reporters have something on their face, pretty much like it. Pride and eternal gratitude. There's another time of Star Trek, uh, you know, creating technology for us. Communicators, pads, Nobody knows that better Google Glass. Clap louder, that's in order. So the Enterprise main officers are there at this meeting. Just missing a few names. I think this was all his idea. It's not about who gets credit. I could have at least mentioned Enterprise. Who does he think got the Andorians and Tellarites talking? I'm sure history will reflect our contribution. Not if he's writing it. That's enough. <laughs> you know, Archer's trying to be supportive, but... I hope I didn't embarrass myself too much. Far from it, Minister. Call me Nathan. I want to thank you again for attending. Having Enterprise here seems to put everyone at ease. People feel comfortable in the presence of heroes. Whatever we can do to help. Well, it certainly helps that the delegates can understand each other. These universal translators work perfectly, thanks to you. I just updated them with a few things we picked up on the mission. Whatever you did, they're extremely precise. Though, when I'm listening to the Tellarite ambassador, I wish they were just a little less precise. You set a formidable goal, the drafting of a charter in six weeks. I've always believed that formidable goals produce formidable results. I decided to stop waiting. For what? You to come over and say hello. You're busy working. <laughs> this is one of the reporters here that's uh, talking. Mild talking to Travis uh, I never could get you to smile for the camera how have you been Gannett busy there haven't been many slow news days since the Zindi attack I hear you're gonna be in the neighborhood a while at least until the conference is over we should get together if we wait another four years we're gonna have too much catching up to do can't argue with that I'll pretend that was an enthusiastic yes. Back to work. Yeah, Travis doesn't seem too excited to meet her or see her. And there's a woman here who looks a little distraught. Commander Tucker does have a point. Enterprise laid the foundation for this event. Perhaps it should be you they're photographing. Samuels likes the spotlight and he's welcome to it. They're going to kill her. Excuse me? 
don't let them. This woman comes over to, to, to Paul, hands her a little vial, and uh, kind of passes out. It's a oh, face pistol wound. She's going into shock. Get me a med kit! The vial looked like it had a little, uh, a few locks of hair in it. I just received word from Starfleet Medical. The wound was too severe, she didn't survive. Did they think it could have been self-inflicted? They didn't say. Do we know who she was? Her name was Susan Corey. She was a medical technician. She'd been having some emotional trouble. Took a leave from work over a year ago. Any idea who the hair belonged to? I have a very good idea. It was from a child, more than six months old. I used every DNA identification protocol I'm aware of. I even used a Klingon procedure. Go ahead. It contains Vulcan and human DNA. I had the computer search for any matches in the Starfleet databank. When I got the results, I ran the search three more times, just to be certain. And? According to every analysis, this child is the offspring of Commander Tucker and Commander DePaul. Karen. That's a little bit of a surprise. We got to talk about this. It's difficult to talk about something that doesn't make sense. Block said DNA doesn't lie. Neither do I. I've never been pregnant, Trip. Then how do you explain all this? I can't. Do you believe me? Yeah. Locks must be wrong. That's all there is to it. If you've never been pregnant, then you can't have a baby. Trip, the moment Flock said that the child was ours, I knew it was true. But you said you'd never been. I haven't. And what are you saying? I can't explain how it exists, but I know it does. There's a child out there, and it's ours. How do you know that? I'm Vulcan. Fortunately, the news hasn't spread to the general public. I'm Vulcan. I know these things. Just if trust me. Yeah. Someone might come forward. Yeah, she has like a connection, you know. This nature could derail the conference. This is uh, Harry Groner. Uh, I think that's how you say his last name. He was in Buffy. Tends to play kind of a smarmy politicians a lot. There was a dangerous increase. He was the mayor on the early uh, season of Buffy. Got a taste of it. It died down somewhat, but not completely. There's still people out there who want us to stay in a little corner of the galaxy. The news of a Vulcan-human hybrid could inflame them, give them something to rally against. I can't believe we're talking about more than a small minority. As I said, you've been away for a while. Maybe I just have a little more faith in humanity than you do. I can't afford to operate on faith. You know, some of the things that happened in the third season with the Zindi made... The Zindi, you know better than anyone. Yeah. Our Earth's survival depends on alliances with other species. We don't have the Vulcans watching our backs anymore. This isn't about finding someone else to watch our backs. All I'm saying is that there's strength in numbers. All right. I was hoping you'd have some word on the investigation. My engineer and science officer are eager to get some answers. Oh, I'm sure they are, but I've heard nothing new. 
There's got to be something we can do. Starfleet investigators are more than capable of handling this. I suggest we let them do their job. Yeah, I don't I'll really trust them. Do exactly. I appreciate your cooperation. Reed? It's Captain Archer. I want you to talk to an old friend. So, of course, Reed has these connections to uh, Section 31, and uh, they certainly know a lot more. They're kind of like this, you know, covert group, and if anybody knows something, they probably do. So now Reed's in this, like, you know, kind of foggy area of San Francisco, the down kind of like spoke, back alley. Never contact you again. I contacted you. Susan Corey. First, we need an understanding. About what? That by speaking to me, you're back in the game. Simple as that. Who was she? She was more than just an emotionally troubled nurse. She was a member of an underground isolationist movement, Terra Prime. I've heard of them. They want to stop all contact with alien species. They believe it's corrupting our way of life. I remember they made a lot of noise back when Enterprise was launched. They had a resurgence following this Indian attack. We think Corey was trying to leave the movement. That's why they killed her. Her defection may have had something to do with the child. Getting to that. The child belongs to two of your crewmates, you tell me. They claim they know nothing about it. That doesn't seem likely, does it? I believe them. I admire your loyalty. We think Terra Prime is involved, and that they're planning something. We just don't know what. We suspect it has something to do with the child. Find it, and we'll have the answers. Yeah, of course it has something to do with the child, and, you know, this. There's this whole group that's sort of anti-alien. You recruited her. I needed her expertise. I thought she was reliable. Obviously, you were mistaken. If she told them anything truly damaging, I think we'd know it by now. We can't be sure what she told them. Anyway, I'm more concerned with why she turned away from us. I think that she might have become attached to the patient. She spent a great deal of time caring for it. And what about you? Me? Yes. You spent as much time with that child as she did. I feel no differently about it than anyone else that I've treated. This isn't anyone else. This is an abomination. When the time comes, it will be treated as such. I understand. Yeah, one of the things about this well, episode, then the, the next one, too. Simplicity. There's no middle ground here. And I can see the earth. Send in Greaves on your way out. Yes, sir. Yeah, it it's always struck me as a little bit yeah, odd, you know, that there's still this message. group we'll that, that is notice. so anti, you Tell know, them I alien. The they already know. There's one other thing, a loose end that needs tying up. Put together a group have them meet me at the third junction, say, one hour. Done. I thought by the time, you know, that this era when Enterprise was out there and built and 
you know, there would be, and it might be a tiny group of people that didn't think this was such a good the idea, but for an embargo against the context with the Vulcan have happened a long time ago. for centuries. We would have known of these attacks. It's Tellarite slap. You have to appreciate their point of view. The Tellarites only want to deprive us of valuable commerce. Corridan will never agree to any trade sanctions. Ambassador Captain Archer. Ambassador. I need to contact my government about today's developments. Excuse me. How can I help you? I want everything Starfleet has on the investigation. Why come to me? Because the chief investigator turned me down. You can change his mind. I can't do that, I'm sorry. Susan Curry was a member of Terra Prime. If that's true, it's extremely troubling. Not as troubling as something else we learned. You were once a member. Oh, boy. Seems you're doing fairly well investigating on your own. That's why you wanted this kept quiet. I've already explained why there was a need for secrecy. I was very young when I joined Terra Prime. You were 18. Didn't you make any questionable choices when you were that age, Captain? It was a stupid mistake. I was a fool. My father had died in a freighter accident, and I blamed the pilot who happened to be Denobulan. We all have our demons. I've exercised mine. I don't care what you did when you were young, Minister. I need your help. I underestimated you. I suppose I'm not the first person to make that mistake. You'll have your case filed within the hour. Thank you. Don't trust him. Can't decide if I like you better in uniform or not. What are you doing here? I've been assigned to do a story on Enterprise. Build a ship that goes faster than light, but they can't give you a decent-sized room. A story. It's told from the perspective of the crew. It covers the missions, the perils, life in space. So, shall we start with a tour? We've got some work to do. You're not on duty. Gannett. Okay, so maybe I wasn't assigned this tour. Maybe I suggested the idea to my editor. You know how you feel about space exploration? That it's the last vestige of colonial impulse? I only said that to keep you from signing on to this mission. Find another story to do. It's too late. Let's do a week from today. Then you're gonna have to find another source for your information. Why are you avoiding me? Can you give me one reason why I shouldn't avoid you? We both called it off. It was a mutual decision. And it looks like you've changed your mind. I haven't decided yet. That's the first honest thing you've said. So, reward me by giving me that tour. Yeah, so they're chummy still, huh? <laughs> so now Trip's visiting uh, flocks in sickbay. This baby. Can you tell if it's a boy or a girl? It's a girl. A girl. Is it okay? I mean part human and part Vulcan. Vulcan and human physiology are not all that dissimilar. 
From the evidence I have, there's no reason to believe she's anything but perfectly healthy. That's good to hear. You'll also be interested to know she has your eyes and to Paul's ears. I, I, I still can't believe it. I'm in something of a quandary about it myself, especially since DePaul's never been pregnant. She could have gotten pregnant and not told me about it. Huh. And she had the embryo removed, also without your knowledge. I believe you know the answer to that theory, Commander. Yeah, I guess I do. We'll get to the bottom of this soon enough. Till then, I suggest you keep any such theories yourself. Yeah, so that'd be pretty freaky, you know, advice. when you think about it. You know, all of a sudden somebody's, uh, you, know, you know, you got a kid out my there. My father always wanted a granddaughter. <laughs> that you don't know about, you never really were but part my of. sister about it constantly. <laughs> it seems he got his wish. Whew. In the shadow of this incalculable devastation, we find ourselves facing a colossal challenge. There's an entire world to rebuild. Not only our cities and homes, but mankind itself. Now is not the time for timidity and second guessing. We cannot afford to doubt ourselves. The Third World War just ended and the ceasefire was barely two years old. So now we're back with Paxton. Decisively. And the Peter Weller we character listening to this. Uh... And decay to future generations. Colonel Green. Colonel Green. Colonel Green, yes, from the man history is misunderstood. The Savage Curtain episode of the original series. They were gonna actually involve him in another episode, but they never got a chance to. Manny Cotto wanted it. Pull in more TOS references. Before my father died and left me this facility, I was starting to be an historian. Until I had a very verbal confrontation with a certain professor who claimed that Green was nothing more than a genocidal madman. Sounds like we had the same professor. Green euthanized hundreds of thousands who were afflicted with radiation damage. Their millions of descendants would have endured horrible disease. Yet history, history never says anything about that suffering that Green prevented. Guess it all depends on who writes the history. Makes me wonder if I'll be remembered with any more accuracy. I don't think you're going to be misunderstood. Really? Sometimes I'm not certain I understand myself. We did what we had to do. Not what we wanted to do. I'm sure Green told himself the same thing. He was right. And so are we. Mm, eh, maybe not. Yeah, so... Daniel, uh, you are a wise man. So this base that they're on, basically, it's... It's just on the, the, uh, on the moon, and there's a nice scene Wonderful. that they can look out and see Earth. Wonderful. Thank you. That was some serious flying, trying to keep the warp fields alive. Columbia was 50 meters above us. One wrong move and we would have lost Commander Tucker. So now uh, Travis is giving a tour to this Gannett, to his pilot, old uh, girlfriend. Chuck Yeager said, I never let myself be afraid. I just focus on the dials and concentrate on flying. That's simple, huh? Most of the time, simple works best. These are the shuttle pods. Which one did you use to penetrate the sphere in the expanse? 
Shuttle pod one. You want to see inside? If it's okay. Beautiful little ship. I always thought so. Unfortunately, we use the shuttle pods less and less. Why? We're getting more comfortable with the transporter. Makes sense. Gets you there in a few seconds. Yeah, but there's no skill involved. Mm-hmm. Nothing to fly. I've always had a tendency to get attached to machines. It's crazy, but every time we use the transporter, I feel we're kind of turning our backs on these guys. I can't make a choice without leaving something behind. When I saw you at that conference, I started thinking about things. I had forgotten about this whole little subplot here on the uh, on the episode. Or are you actually opening up I think it's okay, except don't I think it's maybe I don't what? know. Whenever things get a little a lot serious, of episode here for uh, for just a old love affair kind of a thing. It's a mad habit. I'm a lot of those. I'm trying to look up here. What's this uh, actress's name here? Here's another one. I'm attracted to someone. I can't hide it for long. Johanna Watts. She seems a little familiar to me. Bad habits. She actually looks a little bit like that. Uh, I think her name is Adrienne. Pilecki, she's also on Marvel Agents of Shield. What we already knew. Susan Corey was killed by face pistol fire. The case file contains very little else in the way of evidence. Some biographical data on Corey. Most of it's out of date. They don't even know where she'd been living for the past year. It's like she dropped off the face of the earth. That may be exactly what happened. You know something? Her blood had elevated levels of growth hormone. I ran some more tests and found traces of myofibrillin. That's what they prescribe for extended zero-g missions. It's hardly used anymore, outside of military exercises, not since the invention of artificial gravity. It is still given to workers in remote places where artificial gravity isn't practical. Like mining colonies. The nearest one is Orpheus on the moon. I have heard that the moon is a hotbed of Terra Prime activity. You know, I think Travis has a friend who worked on Orpheus. He might be able to get a couple of us inside. We could pay a little visit. Undercover. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a I connection. Want to be a part of that like to volunteer as well. Well, that's no surprise. Travis to see what he can do. So, um, yeah, that's the connection I remember now. Okay. Some nice effects here of this moon base, this mining colony here. Oh, and now these miners just found the body of uh, Paxton's uh, assistant there, the one that was caring for uh, Captain Starlog the little girl. With help from Travis's contact, Trip and T'Pol have been processed into the Orpheus mining facility. So this is in the this mining the area there. We've been through here. Seen all this before. We still have 20 minutes before we have to report to the foreman. Maybe you downloaded an outdated map. The map is correct. Maybe you're reading it wrong. 
We can ask for directions. Give me that. <laughs> so DePaul and uh, you know Trip here are investigating, but they're down in this mining colony and I think I know uniforms the and trying We're to blend lost. in, but. Let's try that direction. Any particular reason? It's the only tunnel I don't recognize. Trip. I think we're getting there. I know you're not convinced I've told you the truth. About the child. What do you mean? You think I might have gotten pregnant without your knowledge. I never said that. I know. You've been talking to Flocks. No. Have you? Look, it's because you're Vulcan, isn't it? That, that, that you know all this. I believe so. I am sick and tired of this bond we've got. I don't particularly enjoy it either. Listen, for the last time and for the record, I do believe you. And if you get any more feelings, what? There it is. Come on, let's go. So there's this door here that's called, uh, it's got a label that says Quadrant 3. I'm glad we finally left the shuttle pod. I thought you liked shuttle pods. I like flying them. Hmm. Sure felt like we were flying. I have a rule. If I'm in bed with someone, they have to be in bed with me. What was that? You are not here. I'm just worried about some friends of mine. You want to talk about it? Don't <laughs> tell her. Don't tell her, Travis. Don't tell her. That's the last thing you should tell a reporter. Let's change the subject. How come you haven't settled down? I'm never going to settle down. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm not going to get serious with someone if the right circumstance comes along. And what constitutes the right circumstance? I'll know it when it happens. What did you mean earlier about reconsidering some decisions you've made? I've spent my whole life in space, going from one place to the next. Seeing you, I was wondering, maybe the next challenge, at least for me, is to stay in one place for a while. I said earlier, this is uh, the, the, the directed by LeVar no Burton, and uh, I think it's good, some good angles, cool little shots that he does that are different. Six I always like to see that. Confusing Rigelian with Andorian. A little There's different a view of the bridge here. Carry on. Yeah, LeVar directed quite a few episodes of Trek. You know, he did uh, TNG, uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Some of the costumes and props from this episode were eventually auctioned off later at uh, It's a Wrap auction. Uh, One of the SK models. They only give them the grubbers. They, uh, you know, found me out. some of the different <laughs> costumes that the Terra Prime people wear. Josiah. Turner, what brings you to this dump site? Change the scenery? Yeah, that's what I was after, too. Only it wasn't the landscape I got sick of. At least there aren't as many of them up here. 
Seems like everywhere you go, humans are getting to be an endangered species. Know what you mean? Bad enough you can't walk down the street without some freak show scaring the hell out of your kids. Now the government's making treaties with them. Sometimes I wonder where it's all gonna end. It's gonna end with human beings becoming second-class citizens on their own world. Someone's gotta make a stand. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Some aliens. Yeah, aliens yeah, yeah. Uh, show me who your bad, you know, leader is. Take me to your bad leader. <laughs> I'll try and make it. I'll look for you. Sure, I'll make it. I've learned something. One of the locals isn't very fond of Vulcans. We're saying the doctor from one of the medical facilities was found dead yesterday. They think it was a cave-in. You're not buying it. He worked at the same clinic as Susan Corey. Well, Big coincidence. Probably not. I would have think Seven they would have at least put T'Pol, put a hat on T'Pol or something for this little mission of theirs. You know, all she needs is a little cap no, like Spock used to wear. An apology. Uh, and now it's stirring up the Terra Prime people. And now those same leaders want to form a coalition with Tellarites and Dorians, Rygelians, Coridonites, and Vulcans! Vulcans who not too long ago massacred 45 humans working at the Earth Embassy. Nathan Samuels claims that future generations will look back on this era with pride. If things keep going the way they're going, there won't be any future generations. At least not human. I love humanity too much to sit by and let that happen. Yeah. So Trip is at the meeting, and while uh, that's going on, to Paul's uh, investigating. She's looking around where this cave-in area happened, where this guy died at. And she just got blasted. She just got stunned. It's estimated that there are at least 5,000 unregistered aliens on Earth. Now, another study puts that figure at 10,000. This insanity is the direct result of our government's policy and the enforcers of that policy, Starfleet. Kind of a good episode, actually, when you think about it for current things going on, even in the U.S. And there's someone here tonight so. who is going to help us do just that. Commander Tucker. Of the Starship Enterprise. Uh-oh, cover blown. All that stuff I said about leaving the ship? Of course, it's off the record. While you're on duty, you mind if I stay here and work a bit? Uh-oh. The jig is up. Something wrong? Come with us. Where? What's going on? She's not here to do a story on Enterprise, Travis. She's a spy. A Terra Prime. Are you all right? I think so. What did you do to her? Hey, hey, not nearly enough. It's not worth it, Romeo. Juliet's in good hands. The two star-crossed lovers. 
I can't help but wonder whether your little drama will end happier than that famous double suicide in a medieval tomb. Who the hell are you? John Frederick I'm Paxton. RoboCop. I run this facility. <laughs> Not for long. Or Peter Weller. Right there, Commander. Or My Paxton. Business is about Crazy John Paxton. Daniel, get started. You're behind this. Behind this? No. I lead this, and proudly, too. Before you ask, your child is safe and sound, finally sleeping through the night. For God knows trouble a newborn can be. I want to see her. No. And no is a word that Starfleet better get used to hearing from now on. Because up until today, it's always been yes, hasn't it? Yes, yes, go right ahead, roam the stars, yes, inform potentially hostile species of the whereabouts of Earth. Yes, yeah, it's funny, obviously, you know, Weller played uh, Admiral a guy in like uh, the last yes, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness film. By He's always this nasty guy in Star Trek worlds. Relations. Well, yes is a word that ends here and now. I am returning Earth to its rightful owners. I am giving Earth back to humanity, back to human beings. It is my life's work. It is what I was born to do. And there is no one, not an alien, not a human, that will stop me from achieving it. Hmm. Yeah. My father designed this facility. He knew that mining was unpredictable business. Mines tap out, veins dry up. Everyone's aboard, sir. Go to launch mode, Daniel. You're an engineer. I think you'll appreciate this. So this is kind of neat. They're uh, they're actually like part of this little Take facility. A long look. Is launching off the moon. For you, this will be like a walk across the street. Lock it up. You better hang on to something. She gets a little rusty out of the gate. I always thought this was both kind of cool and kind of ridiculous when you think about it. Because wouldn't it have just been easier to, like, have a ship than to have this thing that was looking like it was part of the moon base launch off? I don't know. It just seems weird. You <laughs> reconfigured like... your universal translator to record messages from all the other translators. You were spying on the delegates. You accidentally triggered an ID protocol in the network. I tracked it back to the source. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. About. Of course you do. Maybe she was after a story. It doesn't mean she worked for Terra Prime. We did a background check. In the last month, you made three trips to the lunar colony. Is that a crime? Depends on what you're doing there. I was on assignment. For? My news agency? Your editor claims he never sent you. Look, if I'm under arrest, then... Two of my crewmen are at Orpheus Mining Complex. We've lost contact with them. I don't know anything about... Are they them. in danger? I want to speak with counsel. Now. Yeah, we don't really do that out here. She wants. If it was back in season three... Archer would have leaned on her pretty hard. You know. Captain Archer. Should probably anyway do that. Sorry, Travis. There's this thing launching off the moon. Captain, you might want to check it out. Archer. A large vessel is taking off from the mining facility. Can you identify it? Sir, sensors indicate it is the mining facility. 
Well, that's weird. We're being hailed. Starfleet command. Tractor beams. Come on. Grappling hooks. Status. Ready. You're going to warp? Five second burst. Inside the system. We'll be lucky if we don't fly apart. I plan on luck. Go. Ten seconds. Yeah. Warp? Really? Eh. Even the Enterprise has trouble with warp sometimes. Hail them. Pursuit course, Travis. Aye. No response, sir. Tell Starfleet Command we're going after them. So they did this short warp burst and now they're near Mars. We're in Mars orbit. All systems functioning. It was a magnificent piece of flying, Daniel. That's yet to come. Press me again. Taking us down. Yeah, the, the unfortunate thing about this episode is it's the actual first part of it. the two-parter. So I will be covering the second part here in probably a couple of months, maybe. Got a couple of minutes left on this one, but now there's a cool shot of this uh, base landing down on the surface of Mars. Descent. I think the first time and the only time we ever saw Mars, the surface on uh, in Star Trek. And of course, since we have pretty good views of what Mars looks like, the atmosphere, the, the landscape from uh, it's ours. what the Mars rovers and stuff have seen, then this is a pretty accurate just, you know, look of Mars that they show in this episode. This is where it all begins. Messiah. They're on the surface. Where? They've landed near the Verteron array. It's used to redirect comets. They're sending a subspace message on all frequencies. My name is John Frederick Paxton. I have just taken over the Verteron array on Mars. I can now fire on any ship or facility in the system. He's targeted Earth's moon. I have no intention of using this weapon again, provided that every single non-human in our system leaves immediately. A new era is at hand. An era that will expose the concept of interspecies unity as an absolute and vicious lie. An era that will witness the advent of a human-centered consciousness that will place our world before all others. Yeah, that little blasting inverter on array might be okay on a stationary object, but a ship that can move fast, and now I don't really buy it. Its own fate. I have a little trouble with that. Plus, they take it over pretty easily, too, but eh, it's part of the story. So that's the end of this episode. Like I said, I'll try to cover the next uh, part of this uh, fairly
fairly soon on the podcast. Let's dial this music down a bit. Yeah, so demons, you know, the point being of this episode basically is... I don't know how long I'm running this through Netflix right now watching it. So uh, we'll, we'll just dial it down because I think it automatically plays after like 5-10 seconds to the next. That's something I don't really like about Netflix, that it does that. It, it, it actually cuts the credits out of most shows when you watch it. And I guess if you're binging and watching, you don't maybe don't want to spend that minute or two watching all the credits. But you would think that the, the guys that make these shows would have a problem with that. But anyway, side little note. But the yeah, this so this episode of Enterprise Demons is 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 interesting. You know, you've got this faction of Earth that doesn't like all the interactions with with aliens, aliens being unregistered on Earth. Earth uh, citizens becoming second-class citizens and getting pushed out. They never mention the word jobs. You know, they don't talk about like, hey, they're taking our jobs, you know, away, anything like that. But uh, I still think, I mean, it's interesting. I like it. I like what they're trying to say here. But I also still feel that in, you know, the the time frame of Enterprise and when they've when they've gotten to the point of dealing with Vulcans and creating ships that can go to warp, that... Humanity would be well on its way to, you know, being, you know, the the one the way they are basically in Star Trek, which is completely, you know, tolerant of other aliens, other species, and so forth. Uh, I suppose there's always going to be a faction, a group that, uh, you know, that are opposed and don't like that. But uh, I always thought that that would be a pretty tiny, tiny percentage and fringe. Uh, and I guess supposedly they're probably still a pretty tiny group here. Uh, like I said there at the end, I think it's a little simplistic how they easily take over that weapon on Mars. It's not really a weapon, you know, like they said, it was used to divert uh, comets, asteroids, things, you know, things that might be heading towards Earth or whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll cover the next one uh, soon on the podcast. I'm going to take a very short break. I'll come back and uh, wrap up today's show. Hi, this is Ashley Victoria Robinson. I play Ensign Williams on the Red Shirt Diaries web series, and you are listening to Rico on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed today's podcast for Treks and Sci-Fi. I hope you enjoyed hearing about my little adventure in California with Kenny and uh, hearing about some other of the news and the Enterprise episode Demon. So upcoming next weekend, a guest cast uh, with Chris and Jen. They are going to cover the Elder Scrolls games, uh, and in two weeks, we're getting really close to Christmas, actually. Uh, it's hard to believe to me. I guess I better do some shopping. The show on the 21st, that'll be a video show. We're going to do our kind of annual Christmas or Trekmas special and do some gift exchange with our little secret Santa from the forum, and that'll be that week. And on the weekend between Christmas and New Year's, the 28th, uh, Vartok will be here with the music of Danny Elfman. So that's what's upcoming in the next few weeks on Treks and Sci-Fi. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, a couple last things. If you ever want to contact me, treksf at gmail.com. Maybe haven't mentioned that in a while. Hey, put up a review on iTunes for the podcast. Join the Facebook group. Join the forum. If you want to join the forum, just send me an email, uh, and I will get you set up there. If you want to join Facebook, you got to also ask to be invited to the Treks and Sci-Fi it's a closed group on Facebook, but one of the uh, admins there that uh, are on the group or myself will, will add you right away. So um, that's about it. I think everyone have uh, a, a great week ahead. Uh, again, Chris and Jen next week for the Elder Scroll games. 
I'll be back in two weeks with the vidcast uh, for our Trekmas special. So take care until then, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Oh, Enterprise, oh, Enterprise, how lovely are your nacelles. Oh, Enterprise, oh, Enterprise, how lovely are your nacelles. The bluish haze of you in space makes me blush upon my face. Oh, Enterprise, oh, Enterprise, how lovely are your nacelles. Oh, Enterprise, oh, Enterprise, how lovely are your nacelles. Oh, Enterprise, oh, Enterprise, how lovely are your nacelles. Your saucer section is so round, you make that cool warp speed sound. Oh, Enterprise, oh, Enterprise, how lovely are your nacelles. Oh, Enterprise, oh, Enterprise, how lovely are your nacelles. This has been a Rick Dosty Podcast production.